Yo, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the 4A podcast. Um, today, we are talking about the new postseason format. Is it good? Is it bad? How are we feeling on that? How are we feeling today, boys? Feeling good, pretty, devs? pretty solid. Excited to talk about this one. I know this. I know you're, you've been excited about this topic. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, so why don't, why don't you start us off, Brad? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about this because it's a genuine debate because you go from 2021 when the CBA expires and they introduce this new, new postseason format and the owners want a bigger postseason. They make more money. But the argument comes from the fact if the postseason's bigger, the regular season means less and less. And as time's gone on, we've seen that the regular season has had less and less impact on the postseason because more and more teams are able to make it to the postseason. Uh, I think there's both a financial debate and there's also the percentage debate from what the fans want and what the owners want. Tom, what are your thoughts on that? It's tough because when you look at when you look at stats over time, obviously, yes, it has been changing, but it's not just baseball that's doing this. Every sport is trying to expand the playoffs. And, and everyone forgets that the baseball baseball is a sport, but it's also a business. So from a business standpoint, having more games, more televised games, more important games like that will obviously benefit them. And I understand the argument that it makes the regular season matter less and less. But I think I think a lot of fans, mostly located in New York, Atlanta, and Los Angeles – have been kind of blaming that postseason uh, format for like the, the their chokes in the postseason. And I mean, and just, just to bring up a quick stack before we get into more of the advanced stuff, since divisional play started back in 1969, only 14 times has the best team won the World Series. That's 27% of the time. And I mean, obviously there was changes between 1969 and now, um, but overall from 1969 to 2022, 27% of the time, the best team won. And the the idea that the new playoff format ruins that ruins the best teams is absurd. Um, I think, think your Excel literacy is a little bit off there. The that's actually my own research. Um, I don't know if you added that up or not, but I got that from my own research. That I, I was gonna look at the I was gonna look closer into like. The Are you saying areas. best team as in like across all of MLB? Yes. Okay, because I have best team as classified really? best AL, best NL. That, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I think. So- if yeah. you look before this next year, before 2023, NL teams played NL teams more, AL teams played AL teams more. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the whole argument is a little bit confusing to me because it's now just surfacing that this new that this new playoff format kind of heightens that bad teams will win more. Um, but I think we're all forgetting that the 88-win team – the Braves last year won the World Series in the regular postseason format too. So it's, I mean, you can look back many more examples. I mean, the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, while winning a ton of rings, were not a very regular season dominant team. And they thrived in a postseason format like that. And I think that saying that it, it doesn't help teams like that, it, it's it's weird. And I think it balances out regardless. Um. So for me, right, I think, it's going to encourage not tanking, right? And that's the thing that a lot of sports have been having an issue with, right? Is tanking, trying to get good players to like reproduce your farm system and stuff like that. But like, if you just get in and you saw it this year, right? If you just get into the playoffs, that means that you have a chance. The Phillies were not a very good regular season team. They barely made the playoffs and they ended up making the world series, right? So that's that's really, I think, what this playoff format is trying to do. It's trying to reduce the amount of teams that are just tanking to tank and are trying to lose because losing is not good for the sport. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I think the argument comes from it, though, is that tanking may be bad for the sport, but you need to reward the teams that are winning 111 wins or winning 111 games. Like, I have Dodgers fans, there's bias there. But the fact that this team makes it to the playoffs and only has the opportunity to play five games at maximum. And they're kind of at a disadvantage because they've been rested for a long time. And you have to look the better teams, maybe outside of like the Astros, that's pretty much it are the teams that are a little bit older. And if you look at the 162 game stretch, that's a long, long stretch. Like that the season takes a very long time. And you think as age goes on, your body may wear a little bit more as the seasons go on and on. 
So as a team goes past 162 games, you're playing on whatever left in the tank. When you look at the shortened seasons in the past, where we're counting, you know, 1995, 1981, and 2020, two of the three times the best team in the league won. And I think that has something to do with the fact that they were still healthy and they were they still had a lot left in the tank because they hadn't gone over that 162 game threshold. Yeah. And the only the only argument I could provide against that is that sure these teams these really good teams have to play 162 games but so do the teams they're playing you know you can have a 67 win team that's somehow man I'm not not I'm not that bad but you can have a really bad team that sneaks into the playoffs but they still have to play the same amount of games you know and they they're still going to be tired just like the other team and I guess the argument you can provide is why couldn't like I mean just for example the Mets Padres why couldn't the Mets win two out of three games it, in, in the grand scheme of things that shouldn't be too hard for a 100 win 101 win dominant team you know and it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like a challenge for them you know uh i kind of agree with that but it's also the fact that you had the phillies make it in as the sixth seed this year right they come in they knock off the cardinals and then they move on and they knock off the braves what's to stop a team from uh, some point say there's a bad league making it in under 500 an 80 and 82 win team makes it in they have an easier route than the one seed does. They have to make, because think about it. The four seed, the wild card team, the first wild card is normally better than at least one, if not two division winners. And that happens, you know, it's not an extreme amount. It's pretty much 17% of the time, but that's still like a healthy amount that the second best team in a given league is the wild card team it happens once every five years in a league and for that team the best wildcard team to have to face the second best wildcard team and then go on to face the best division winner that's the best matchup right there the sixth seed has it easier than the best wildcard team who might have the second best record in the league and have it easier than the best team in that league they go on to play the second seed, which could be a good team, could not be. It really depends year to year. I really don't think that the like the format is bad. I think it's like the ordering of the seeds that's the real issue, right? So like how you you need to reorder like who plays who and when and that type of thing. I mean, I guess the example this season and in previous seasons, I mean, we can talk about the central in both leagues being weaker than the west and east. A team like the Guardians had more, you know, had had a worse record, but got into a better position than a team like I think the Blue Jays finished with a better record than them. I'm not I'm not Same pulling record. up stats right now. Same exact yeah. record. So I mean, you know, it, it it are you are you suggesting that we split into like more of like a we like not abolish divisions, but in terms of playoff format, you just have the best AL the best AL records and then the best NL records and then you kind of like order playoff format format. you know because you could have the Dodgers and the Giants who finished in 2021 106 and 107 wins who would be the leader of any league but the the Dodgers had to be the wild card team you know and it's so it's you know would you rather have it just be all lined out no divisions I it's really difficult to do no divisions like I don't see a feasible way to do that because it doesn't make sense when you have the Nationals and the Dodgers in the same division like three, sometimes four hours apart, right? Like that doesn't inherently make sense. If you look from 2012 to 2022, four times the second best team in the league was the wildcard team. There's no reason. The Dodgers lost the division. They lost it fair and square in 2021. They didn't, they won in the division series. How's that? <laughs> uh, they, but there's no reason a team that was that much better than the NL East or NL Central winner should be going to play a one-game playoff. Now that would be better, it's a three-game playoff. But think about it. They would be going on to play a three-game series against what was the Cardinals last year in 2021. The way I think about it is the best team should be in. That's a given. The be- You have to look at it how the divisions stand because you bring up the point the Centrals are weaker. And with the wildcard format, the Centrals only produced one team this year. You know, the AL East produced three, the NL West produced two, AL or NL East produced three. So, like, 
there's a good distribution and the bad divisions did not get rewarded. But I really think there needs to be a, a better reward for the one seed because they're getting crapped on. But B, a good wildcard team. Just because you're in a division with another really good team doesn't mean that you should be put down because the other two divisions were better in air quotes. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of, of ways you can interpret you can you can use bat use the better teams. Is you think it would be possible to make like the three division winners? This doesn't make sense because you have the three division winners and then you have the wild cards for the next best teams. But do you have maybe maybe every year you have the worst division be compared to the second best team and you have that last spot considered for the final safe one that like that would be considered like the division winner now and send the division winner down because their record is not as good as the last team if that makes sense yeah so like we can discuss the format in a little bit because i think we do need to introduce like why the playoffs are bigger than just that and it's not just putting the best teams in but my last thought on that is what if you did it where you just have to have four teams qualify right the the division winners they qualify and the best wildcard team qualifies, and then they get ranked from there. Say it's division winner one, division winner two, wildcard, division three. So it'd be one seed's the best division, two seed is that second division, three seed's the wildcard, and four is that worst division. I like that, but would that fourth division be put into a wildcard position? Hmm? Well, in in my format, there's only four teams that make a division from each league. Okay. Or make the playoffs from each league. Um, but I think that's where you would have had the issue. Like if you went with that with traditional format, with the 1995 to 2011 format, where it was the three division winners and one wild card, you would have had Dodgers Giants last year, and then Braves card or Braves uh, Brewers, which both of those did end up happening in the division series. But it shouldn't be 107 versus 106 and 95 versus 88. It should be 107 versus 88 and 106 versus 95 because there has to be some form of balance to the standings but inherently having the division by having the giants win the division and they get a higher seating and the dodgers have to go through that harder route it gives a reward to winning the division yes yes it does and i think that in in a brad format i obviously as a giants fan and you as a dodgers fan would have loved to not play each other right away um I mean, we probably, I mean, actually, I can say it's a confidence. We would have seen each other in the NLCS regardless, and the outcome would have been probably the exact same. But um, but I, I enjoyed watching that series. Uh, horrible call to end the series, by the way. We'll talk about that another day. But um, Yeah, just like the Darren Ruff one in the middle of the season, which hey, cost the Dodgers the hey, division. I love baseball. Okay. Um, no, I just, I think, I, I think a lot of it comes down to you thinking about all these different possibilities of what could have happened, but... I don't know what would have stopped the uh, the Dodgers from eventually losing, you hmm. know? Yeah, I think the first thing to look at is, so the way I broke down, like my notes, the way I broke it down is I broke it down by the playoff structure. I went from 1969 to 1994, which was the introduction of the divisional era. Like this was the divisional era. The winner of the West faced the winner of the East in the championship series, and the winner of that went on to the World Series. That happened through 1994, 1995 to 2011, three division winners, one wild card. 2012 to 2021, with an asterisk for 2020, was three division winners, two best wild card, and then obviously this past year, three wild cards. From 1969 to 1994, 35% of the time, the second best team was someone who did not make the playoffs because they lost the division. They were the second best team in the league, but they're also the second best team in their division. So the team from the other division went on to make the championship series. If you can get that correct 65% of the time, you're where you're supposed to be because it puts an emphasis on winning the division, but it also puts an emphasis on being a really good team. Because if you're, comp- I don't know how we would manage to do a two division format nowadays. Because you'd have a division of eight and a division of seven, unless you balance it out where one league had sixteen teams again, 
or you, you know, added two more teams to the league, had eight across the board. It says that it was that you were thinking. Yeah. Um, but I think it gets in, we have to get into the argument just to address the other side of finances, right? The reason owners want a bigger postseason is because they make more money for more postseason games. Depending on the series, the first two games goes back to the players, back to the stadium, anything like that, of a shorter series, of a five-game series. Past that, games three, four, or five, if those happen, that money goes to the owners. And as the playoffs go, that number, it varies depending on the length of the series. And there is arguments for how much money teams are making, but do you guys think finances should have a bigger impact than rewarding the best teams in the league? From the owner's standpoint, I think you have to look at it that way. From a fan standpoint, I mean, I honestly, from a fan standpoint, I can see it going both ways, right? Like, I like personally, like the Nationals, they suck now. So it, having them be having an opportunity to get into the playoffs for an expanded playoffs is is something I want to see because I'm also not one of those big market teams that spends all the money and goes out and gets every free agent is good 24 seven, like the Dodgers. But if you are a Dodgers fan, like many of, many of our friends are, and Brad is like, it's, it's hard to see your team win 106 games and not and losing the divisional round to a team that's quote unquote worse than you throughout the regular season. But it, it made Tom made a fair point earlier. Like you both play the same 162 games. It's just, you're not winning as many of them. And you you're, so you're playing the same number of games. It's just a matter of who's hot at the right time. And that's really what baseball is. Yeah. But that's how, that's not how the postseason should be though. But I mean, that's how the postseason, I'm not even saying, I mean, honestly, I think it is how it should be. It you're playing the Why? same number of games, but you're playing the same number of games. So you, it's not like one team has an advantage over the other. Like it's not like one team's playing eighty games and then they're sleeping, and then the other team's playing one hundred and sixty-two games. That's not. It's they're both playing the same amount of games. It's just you're winning slightly less because overall you're a worse long. You're a worse team with long over longevity, right? That's what the issue, the difference is between the Dodgers and the Padres. They're a worse team for a longer t- over a longer period of time. But in a head-to-head matchup in a five-game series, the Padres were the better team. That's how it played out in the postseason, at least. But you can look at that as the fact that the Dodgers were taught like a team could be more fatigued or something of that nature. A team that's better over 162 should be rewarded somehow in the postseason. The Dodgers and, and- shouldn't. Think about it like this. The National League Championship Series was the five seed versus the six seed. The four best teams in the National League got eliminated. They didn't get to – the four best teams in the National League weren't even in the Championship Series. It's a different story on the American League side. But when you you don't have your best teams have – when they have the same shot as a team who wins 86 games and barely squeaks into the playoffs – that's not right. And it's not. But so, again, a fix to that would be what Tom mentioned earlier, just get going away with divisions and having the top six teams going in. That's what the NBA did. The NBA has divisions. They have the Atlantic Division, the Central Division, and I don't I forgot what the, the whatever the other division is. But they have divisions. They don't use it anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. And the MLB is going to this – uh, there, I think, is it this season they're going to play? You play every team at yes. least once. So that's what's going to happen. And I think it's going to end up, ha- I think it will at some point happen within the next 10 to 12 years where they're going to go away with divisional winners and it's just going to be the top six teams. The only, the only problem that runs into is that NBA teams usually play once every other day or every three days. MLB teams, when you're playing <sighs> yeah. 162, you have to play every day. And so that kind of leads to flights, you know, the, the, when you, when the NBA teams can afford these long flights because they have days in between their games, you know? And, and so when you're looking at the MLB, it's a lot different. Um, I mean, they're going to do it. They're doing it. They're going to play against every other team. That's what it's, it's happening. It's just a matter of 
what you want to do for the po- once you get towards the postseason. And that's a you bring up a point that I want to talk about. I think I, monetary wise, and the owners would never do this. Personally, I would want them to shorten the season, not by a lot of games, by like 10 or 20 games. It's like 142 games. And then on top of that, I think you could like lengthen out the postseason because at least this year, to me, it felt very rushed overall. And it felt like there was it just felt like it was so many games on top of each other, which as a baseball fan, that's a very good thing. You have uh, you had a game at one, you had a game at three, you had a game at five and a game at seven or whatever right so as a baseball fan it's good to just you can constantly watch this high level of baseball but it's it's hard to just it's four games four games a day off four games four games two games two games and it just it felt like every day it was just it, it the postseason just felt so rushed and i personally didn't like it so you mentioned the finances of it right and just to address it the reason that the owners don't want to chop the length of the season is that they risk losing money from their TV deals. Uh, Local television contracts, they generally don't require clubs to issue rebates to their networks until about 25 games are missed. So 25 games missed puts us at 137. So if we drop to 140, we're still in that range. It's just, you can't go below that. The big money is in the league's national television contracts, right? So, when the original CBA was put out, like the first proposal with a 14-team playoff, ESPN wanted to pick up the rights to air it, and they would have paid MLB $100 million to air it. When it dropped to 12 teams, it dropped down to $85 million. Still significant amount of money, but that's still a decrease in money, and that's why the owners want there to be more teams because there's more money to be made. If they shorten to 140, they can get more in postseason money, but the MLBPA would never agree to it because shortening the season opens the windows, the window for owners to say that they don't need to pay their players as much. And yeah, and, and we've seen this before with the whole players and, and owners butting their heads. So I just want to say that really quick. Yeah. Get back into you. No, you're good. And I think. Another issue that I just have as a baseball fan is that if you shorten the season, you can't compare statistics to previous seasons, previous seasons, because everything will be taken with a grain of salt. I yeah, I really wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, and, like I mean, counting stats too. Yeah. Counting stats specifically. But I think if you were to do that, like 2023 would be the perfect time, like storytelling wise, because Aaron Judge just broke the record. Like that'd be the perfect way to close it off. Sandy Alcantara just put up the most innings since like 2015, 2016. Tommy lasted the longest. Yeah. Um, and like for those concerned about, you know, some team, like their team's not having as good of a deal, a TV deal as the Dodgers, like say the Marlins or something. MLB teams through the, con- through the collective bargaining agreement, they participate in this thing called uh, revenue sharing. And basically what it does is you put 48% of revenue that they earn, each team earns, into a pot, and it's divided evenly across every team. And this, each team gets about $110 million in revenue sharing each year. So you're not losing money, or if you are losing money, everyone's losing money. So there's more of an incentive to go to the postseason. Because you will make more money if you go to the postseason. So I think, honestly, if you shorten the season, you are increasing, A, the probability that the best team wins, which is exactly what it should be. But B, you're decreasing the chance that teams want to tank because they will be risking losing more money. So there so is an incentive to play or to push. Yes. So so you're, what, what kind of what, – how short are you are you considering – one, he said he couldn't go more than less than 137. I yeah. would probably look 144. I would. I mean, I would just take cut off 20, 20 games, so 142. Mm-hmm. I just I, – I, I can't get over the counting stats. I'm someone that likes to – I check stats a lot. I mean, I, I count I, – I mean, I just memorize these stats. And for, 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 like, average stats, like batting average, I mean, even that would be affected because you don't have to play as many games. I mean, You'd probably yeah. go all out anymore, you know, like – all stats would be affected. Like, 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 Cowork and Junior 
like his uh consecutive it was consecutive games played right his consecutive games played record like not only is it untouchable as of right now but it would forever be untouchable no not necessarily no, no that's the wrong way if you if we lengthen the season it'd become more untouchable no 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 but like players don't players don't play 162 games so players are not they're still not going to play 142 games yeah but our goal is to get the stars on the field and yeah but that i'm just saying like players are gonna like the nba players they they load management and it'll just be the same type of stuff yeah i think there's an issue if you do drop right like how you schedule the season because we're barely getting three games against each team in the league with 162 right so you basically have to do it like let's i'm going to go from the dodgers point of view right if we drop it to 142 and you play everyone in the american league three times right that's 45 games right there that puts you down to 97 games right you have to play everyone in the national league let's say that's six times so that puts you down to 60 games and that gives you 37 games to play against your division which could be nine games and one for 10, which would actually work. Like that might work well, but that still incorporates the idea of divisions. Is that something in our beyond crazy postseason reformatting? Are divisions still a thing? Well, I ask you both this question. When you're shortening the season, are you also considering that the postseason is short as well? I mean, like regular, like pre 2022, are you considering that that's shortened as well? What do you mean? Like it's like, two two wild card teams, yeah, two wild card teams. I, I think you'd have to expand the playoffs. I, I think would you'd still have to keep it at three at least. Okay, because I I just think the general idea of of I think a general reaction to shortening the season and then also shortening the playoffs would be negative because they, less baseball, you know. So they it might not be a money do... problem, but it would just be like a fan problem, more 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 of a fan problem than a than a you know because. Sure, baseball is profitable, but fans also like watching more baseball. That's where you get the money too. You get more highlights. You get more. You get more like web gems. When you when you have more games, there's more to to extract from it, more to publicize. You know, and that's what those extra games do. I'm uh, I'm anti I'm anti going between be, anything below 162 is, is and anything above 162 is perfect in my opinion. I disagree. I think it's just too much wear and tear on the body, especially for players. The players are getting they're getting better and better and evolving, right? So like you're seeing like so many players are having Tommy John surgery and so many players they're just the injuries are, are stacking up. It's it's in all sports too. Like every sport is just it's it's injury after injury after injury. It feels like to the stars and to even even the the lesser known players. It feels like it's just constant injuries across the board. So I honestly think I think 162 games is too much for baseball, and I think 82 games is too much for basketball. I, I yeah, I mean, I just the whole the whole Tommy John problem that we're having as a whole league is more mechanical than it is longevity. I think if if players like Nolan Ryan were able to throw 99 and were able to have a high spin rate, I know they can't actually track it, but he had significant enough break to a point where we all know that he would have above average spin rate. I know Brad, you get the statistics. It there and he and he would pitch for millions of innings. It's 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 strange that that mechanically we're we're moving towards pitching that is kind of creating more injuries than it is. You know, I think it's I think that's 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 a different problem in itself. It's a mechanical problem, not a longevity problem. Um. So my my argument, it completely centers around not just mechanics, like keeping people in the field. My prime argument is it, it does have bias because I am a Dodgers fan, but it's getting the best team to win because that's what it should be, right? Like you, you look at World Series winners from 2012 to 2022 – and you exclude 2020 and 2022 because they were a bit different formats, so we don't really know how those look, right? Excluding 2020 and 2022, the wildcard team won 33% of the time. That's a lot. That's more than the second division or the third division. It's not as high as the best team in each league, 
but it's still really, really high. 20, 27% for 19, or for, excuse me, 29% for 1995 to 2011. That's second highest behind best team in the league. And when the best team in the league from 1995 to 2011 with only one wild card is winning 35% of the time, and that number it only goes up to 44% of the time through excluding 20 and 2022, there's a problem. Because when baseball was only division winners make the playoffs 62.5% of the time, the best team in the league won the World Series. If you want to look at appearances of, I remember, I define best team in the league as best National League, best American League team, right? From 2012 to 2022, excluding 2020 and 2022, the best team appeared in the World Series 38.9% of the time. From 1995 to 2011, 32.4% of the time. And from 1969 to 1994, 83% of the time. The best team should be in the post. Like the best team should be the ones being rewarded. I don't see how it is more difficult for a wild card team to make it to the World Series. But I, I think the only argument I can provide against that is that it's these wild card teams that are going up and playing even more baseball and beating these best teams because every best team in the NL is likely NL or AL is likely to face off against the wild card team at one point if they're on pace to win the World Series. Actually, it's a guarantee because actually no, it's not guaranteed, but there's a high chance that these teams are going to play the best team in baseball at least once. So and, I mean, you can, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you finish your point. I'm moving something. You, you can define the best team in baseball. The best team in baseball should theoretically be able to beat any team in baseball. If they're the best, if they really are the best, you know, the best record is one thing, but if they really are the best team in baseball, they should hypothetically be able to beat anyone. Um, and so that kind of, and and that's that's like completely ignoring statistics, and and kind of going with like a old head look at it. But like, you you look at it from uh, the best team in baseball with the most talent should be beating any other team because they are the best, you know. And I guess I guess there's except there's exceptions, yes, but I think that those statistics do not reflect it the way it should be. You're muted, Brad. I want to pitch it like this to you, right? Do teams get tired as the season goes on? Yes. And as the season goes on, does it matter who's hot or who's better? Who's? I mean, well, in the in the regular season, it's who's better. But in the regular season or in the postseason? In the regular season, it's who's better. Who's better. And it's when you get to the better. postseason, it's, it's not who's, who's better, it's who's hotter. When you push it back to we're going to transition here to 2020 and 1995 the teams that hadn't hit 162 games the Braves and the Dodgers the two best teams in baseball won the World Series because they weren't tired out that is how it should be that is an interesting point but I I once again when you're when you're referring to statistics like that you need more examples than just three. I think when you, when you're talking about a you long need a period, sample size, you need a, you need a big I mean, enough sample. What size. am I supposed to take it from? The, you can't. The, you really other, can't. You really, yeah. you really you can't. can't. That's, I'm that, saying. I'm that's saying. But point. you can assume that it won't. It won't maintain that 66 percent. Or was it three out of four? Was it two out of three or three out of four? Hmm? Two of out of three. The, of the, two out of three. Yeah. So you can't. You can't assume it will maintain that 66 percent uh, win rate. You know. And I also talking about. The, I mean, the same argument is going to keep coming up with the whole fatigue thing i i guess is your argument that they that the better teams tried harder than the bad teams yes but, but there's also this the, uh, a fact well, i no, no, i wouldn't say that's my entire argument i wouldn't i say yes there is the natural talent but when you're hot it doesn't matter who's better when you're a good team in the regular season when you're healthy when you aren't as more when you aren't more fatigued you are more likely to stomp a hot team when you are fatigued, you are playing your 180th game of the season, you are more vulnerable when you're than when you were playing your 90th game. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like even if you even if you listed all the rules and had like this perfect format to to make to ensure that the best team won, I feel like regardless of what you do, you're you're still going to run into hot teams because every every October there is a hot team. And, and that's just how it works. I know it's unfortunate for you, Brad, because you're a Dodgers fan and you always win the division and then you always lose to the hot teams. But it's kind of how it works in sports. You know, the teams that get hot in October are the teams that win it all. And I don't know if even fatigue can change that. Um, you know, obviously, I'm like the complete opposite bias. And, and Stevs is probably too, because the Nats World Series was off of wild card win too. Yeah. So, I yep. mean, watching watching the teams get hot at the right time it all it all kind of provides its own like you know they like people like david versus goliath type of things you know they like underdogs yeah. and i'm not saying that the underdog should always win but the fact that it doesn't like would brad would you get bored if if the dodgers just won every year and they were like they were the best team and you know like the best team if the best team in baseball won the world series every year there wouldn't even be incentive to watch the postseason because you'd always you're you would already be like that's why you have that wild card team. That's one yeah. wild card team. Yes, Debs, what's up? Um, so so to your point, right, is would you get bored of just seeing the Goliath Dodgers winning season after season after season? The answer is yes. The nation as a whole would get bored of that. And we've seen the stats within the college football, right? The Alabama's won. It's been Alabama. It's been Georgia. It's been uh, Clemson, right? LSU. Buckeyes, right? It's been those types of Goliath teams that have brought in all of the same. They're they've been the top recruiters year after year after year, and they're always it's always Alabama or it's always Georgia, right? One of those two teams have been in the mix over the last five to ten years, and you've see you've seen the drop off in viewership within the college football like actual playoffs and within the championship game. So the answer is as a whole, not only for baseball, but all sports, yes, you would get bored, and we have the proof right there in college football. I'm not saying get rid of any underdog team. That's not my point. My point is that 162 doesn't mean shit. It does not mean jack. Like, it is – what is the point? What is the point of winning 106 games if you if you lose to a team that barely makes the playoffs? You don't have to be a good team. To make the playoffs, you could be an okay team in the regular season like the Phillies were and just be hot. That's all they were. So why do I put the money and the effort into being that good of a regular season team if in the end it just matters if I lose to a hot team? Well, so you – but it's not like it's – this is the only playoff that it's happened in, right? Like, it's again, it, it happened in 2019, right? Like, you, you, you were the best team in 2019, and you lost to the hot Nationals. It's the, it was the same thing, just with a different playoff format. Well, Brad, just to add on to that, I don't think that owners, they don't they don't wake up and sure, actually, yes, they do get rewarded for winning the division, yes, but they don't wake up and they're like, man, I want to spend this money to win the division and then lose. They they're building and they call it the World Series roster for a reason. They're building, a, they're trying to build a championship team, and that's the whole the, the definition around it. You know, you're building a team that will get you in good playoff position and then win the playoffs. Obviously teams are built differently, but the, the goal of owners and players alike on these teams are to not really do well in the regular, it's to, it's to win the world series. I think if you ask owners, managers, players, they would all rather win a world series than win the division, you know? And so the, the MLB is not geared to win divisions. It's geared to win the world series. So it's not like they're building just to win the division and then not, you know, division winners are not world series winners. And then world series winners are not always division winners. You know, I feel like a broken record, when I'm saying this, but let's go back to 2019, right? Okay. Dodgers nationals in the postseason, the nationals were hot, right? Yeah. The Dodgers could be tired. The Nats could also be tired. Yep. You go to the 90th game of the season and the Dodgers players are fresh, and the Nationals players are fresh. Who's winning that? It really – The answer is the Dodgers. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, if but yeah, Nats, but in the 90th the game of the, the season, the Nats were not the World Series championship Nats. They were still trying the to point. find themselves. That's the yes, point. But, Brad, you're, that's, that's the, you're playing 162 games, and on top of that, then you have the playoffs. We have decided 
that the longevity, the long, the, this long season doesn't, it, it feels like it's not going to work in the modern era. I, I, I think we've all decided on that, but the issue is it's when it's when the team, it's when the team can get hot. So you just, you got to hope you get hot at the correct time. It sucks that the Dodgers have gotten hot over the course of the regular season year after year after year, but then they cool off at the end. So that's not, it's not a default of the playoffs and it's not the fault of any of the teams. It's just, it's just how it happens. Yes. Both teams were tired. And if they played at game 90, yes, both teams would be probably a little more fresh. It would probably still both be tired, but it doesn't matter because they both at the time, the Nats were terrible. They were abysmal at best and they got hot at the right time. I I think of, I think of the 162, the 162 games as this character development that can build into either fatigue or hot streaks. And I feel like the extreme of where Brad is going and, and me and Brad are like on opposite sides. I feel like the extreme for me is saying play as many games as you want to get, to get into the right mindset to get to the postseason. And I feel like the extreme way that Brad wants to do this is to just have preseason power rankings make the playoffs and then skip the regular season and just jump right in full power have those teams play off you know what i'm saying like you could have the preseason power rankings rank the playoffs and you don't even have to play any baseball and then you just <laughs> have them play off and then brad i would guarantee you the best team would always win because it, based on talent you know but it, it's so many more factors than just power rankings and and skill level on a team it also has to do with the character development they have over 162 games. And that's kind of what I like about baseball. You know, you, you, don't, you don't always have the best team winning, and you have these teams develop over time. And sometimes sometimes they disappoint, sometimes they shock you. And, you know, kind of how power rankings change over the course of the season, you know, like how the Rays were supposed to be, like, really good this year, and they, they finished good but not as good as they were supposed to be. You know, the things that change over 162 games and, and don't stay constant. What is That's the point of one? What is the point of playing one sixty two, if all it comes down to is a small tournament? Brad's okay. Hold on. This isn't. I mean, I, I don't know. You compare preseason rankings to midseason rankings to end of season rankings. That that development wouldn't be there if you had the if you had a shortened if you had a shorter season you wouldn't have the same development over the season that could be injuries that could be breakouts that could be calling up a random player that comes out of nowhere and starts making an impact on the team you know that that's why I think playing a lot of baseball means a lot you know um, I I know you wanted to talk about this and I think it's a good time to talk about it is the 2020 season let's go okay okay and <laughs> I think. This is the best representation of the best teams in baseball. Just because the Dodgers won? No, I, because... I'm not even pointing out the World Series. I'm pointing okay. out the Championship Series. The Rays were the best team in the American League. The Dodgers were the best team in the National League. The Braves were the third best team in the National League behind the Padres, who got beaten by the Dodgers. Even if the Padres beat the Dodgers, it's still the two and three seed. And then there are the Astros. The Astros were the eight seed. But if you look at the years surrounding them, we all know what they've done. Like, we know that Astros team had the season gone to year 162, they would have gotten to be that team. They would have gotten to 90, 95 wins. So that championship series is our most recent reflection of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, and I actually pulled this up right here. I, I have the 2020 World Series. I mean, just postseason bracket in general. And I can tell you right now, I I think that genuinely, if I looked back at this now and saw every player stats, not knowing what I know now, I think I would have accurately predicted every single game except for maybe the White Sox. I'm not saying predictability is bad, but I, and I think that it's good that because yes, I do agree with you that the ALCS and NLCS had the four best teams in baseball. The, the, the reason they got there was because some of the ball clubs that snuck into this postseason were just, I mean, you got the division-winning Chicago Cubs. Yes, the division-winning Chicago Cubs. The Miami Marlins, the below 500 Milwaukee Brewers, uh, the Guardians before they were even called the Guardians, and they before they even had a young core that they were pretty good with, and the below 500 Houston Astros, who were still coming off the scandal, but still are were, were, we all know were talented enough to be there. And that kind of like makes it so that those four teams, those four good teams, 
had not I'm not saying a cakewalk, but they they made it to the NLCS. I mean, this championship series for a reason because the other teams in the postseason in 2020 were below average. And I think I think realistically, you can boil it down to those four teams, and it, it goes Dodgers, Braves. No, sorry, Dodgers, Rays, Braves, Astros, and then it is like 20 enter 20 20 new lines, you know, before you get to the next team. Because those four teams are so much better. That 2020 was such a weird season in the sense that the skill gap between the top, the best four and the rest of the league were, were so far. And I, oh. I think that provided for a good a good championship series for both teams. So your guys' main point of not kind of promoting the idea of the best team getting to the World Series is because you don't want it to be stag- stagnant, correct? I think it's, stagnant, it's yes. A predictable. Yeah. So... And because you want the idea of a team rebuilding, like making that comeback season, something like that. I don't think a team, I don't think a team like that's like 82 and 80 should have, should, should be like winning a world series like that. But it does provide for some, I I don't know. I think, I I don't think you can overanalyze it as much just because if, if you make the threshold and you play better than the better teams, then it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's weird to talk about. It's hard to, you know, engage. So the point of rebuilding is to win that World Series, right? To get there, to get to the top. I want to bring up back to the division era uh, playoff format. Division winners make the championship series, right? You worry about it being stagnant, right? The best team won 62.5% of the time. The best team in a given league, right? You move on. Yeah. The other division winner the second best team in the league that was the other division winner, they won 25% of the time. But the only time where a team won more than twice in a row was the athletics. And that was in 1972 to 1974. There's going to be change over time as teams get better and better because what is the point of winning the division nowadays? I, I agree with you. I just think the only difference between then and now is the sheer difference in the way that teams spend money. Um, I think when you look back then, teams were a lot closer in how much they would dish out paying players than they were now. I mean, you, you compare compare the Orioles to the Dodgers. The, their output in money paid will probably not change that much over time. So the Dodgers, in theory, should always be better than the Orioles. And yes, the Orioles have very smart management, but that puts the Orioles and we, you you talked about wanting to do a money ball up. So that that puts teams like the Orioles and the Athletics and the Guardians at a disadvantage to the the bigger name teams, if that makes sense. You know, and that, that you'll always be seeing teams like the Yankees, the Astros, you know, uh, the Dodgers, the Giants, probably. Um, make it to the world series over those teams that don't spend as much because obviously back in the day you would have teams spending different amounts of money but closer together obviously the 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 median was way further you know it was it was closer to a given range than it is now and so i think looking back to see that a different team made it every year is 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 a bad comparison just because the the game of baseball is not played much different but the the way that man that owners spend money on players is much different. So that that's why I think that nowadays it would be, it would be a lot different and you would see a lot more of the same teams playing each other in the postseason. If that makes sense. Um, so I'm going to dismiss your point about teams having similar payrolls through 1975 because free agency wasn't a thing. Enter 1976, right? You have reds winning. Yankees, Yankees, Pirates, Phillies, Dodgers, Cardinals, Orioles, Tigers, Royals, Mets, Twins. There's one repeat in there. Oh, wait, no, free agency started in 1975. Uh, yeah, uh, 1976. Okay. Or, like, okay. Yeah. So, do you, do, but do you think that there's a there's more of a difference? I mean, we can obviously go more into the numbers, but I think there's more of a difference in in the lowest pay, the lowest output and the highest output now than there's. Yeah, like, you can agree with that. Definitely, right? definitely. But it's just where it's where do you fall? How like just give a rough percentage. How often should the best team in a league win the World Series? Thirty-five percent, maybe forty. Steps. 
I mean, it, it's 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 hard for me to to say that because, like, the best team. So so, what do you define as the best team? The best record? Yes. Is that Wait, Brad, what the let me best go back team to this, is? But you because... said best best team is in like single or, or best in league. Best in league. Okay, then I, I would say like about fifty. Because well, but see, not always. In my opinion, at least, like. There's multiple ways you can look at best team. You can look at most talent, best team, best record. There, there's multiple different factors that go into that. So I would agree with Tom somewhere between forty and fifty percent. Okay, so I I agree. I'm in that range as well. I think we can all agree forty to fifty percent because it has variety, right? Yes. And the format that I think fits that the best is the 1995 to 2011 format of the three division winners and the one wild card, right? Because in that time, five of 17 World Series were won by the wild card team. And only two of those five times was that wild card team the second best team in the league. Okay, so, so we, we would kind of like approach it like like the hybrid we talked about earlier where you had the um the two best divisions and then, well, the three, the, the wild card... That we have the divisions and then you reorder afterwards. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would, that would, I think that would work. The only problem is you'd run into the owners wanting more money. Um, yeah. Well, I think if you went to four teams from each league, right? You'd yeah. have a division series, a championship series, and a world series. Make it all series of seven. I like that because I, I I think that a lot of the, a lot of the complaining about like not doing well in the wild card or or you know the the the, C, the um the division series is that it's a shorter series. More baseball is always good in my mm-hmm. opinion, and I think a seven game series is perfect. You can't you can't go any higher, and I th- I think you can't go any lower anymore if you if you're gonna have a a, a lessened playoff like that. Um, I think it evens out in terms of games, right? I mean, so if you given today's current format, right? There's yeah. four series of three games for the wild card, right? So that's 12. There's four series of five games. That's 20. There's two series of seven, which is 14. And one series of seven, which is seven. So that gets you to 53 postseason games, right? Yeah. So if you had four division series of seven games, two championship series, of 14 and one world series, right? You get 42, 49. So you're losing, you're losing your maximum goes down by four games. That's not bad. That isn't bad, but you also have to consider um, if we apply this to this year's format, you wouldn't have San Diego make the playoffs. You wouldn't have Seattle make the playoffs. And that's like a, that's like a too bad type of thing. But those are, those teams in themselves should be playoff teams in my opinion. I don't think I don't think teams like Tampa Bay and Milwaukee should have made the playoffs. Those don't look as much like playoff teams as much as the Padres and the Mariners do. If that makes does that make sense, right? Like yeah. But you can't make it five on each side. That doesn't that doesn't add up obviously. But you 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 usually have ten playoff competent teams in each league. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, wait no in, in total. Sorry in total. So. How do you how do you manage with that? Because I feel like once you go past ten, you don't feel like you're getting snubbed anymore. But if you go at eight, you feel like those last eight through ten are are good enough to make the playoffs, but didn't make it. I think you have to go for two divisions at that point. Yeah, it, it's it's so when you have five teams to load it up onto the World Series, you'd have the best team have the buy or whatever, and then you have the two teams going up against each other, and then the winner of the lower seed would play exactly that's the problem that's more games that's a problem um man i i think i think you'd have to go with the 18 format then um with with reordering based on record okay because if you did west east west east right but obviously probably rename them because you know the chicago cubs and the al west or the nl west again um but so let's say you had eight and seven in each division, right? Division winner of each one goes on. That's two. And then do you just jump them together or do you go the second seed from each division? 
Because I think it should honestly be teams t- three through 15 are just ranked and three and four make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's how it should be. I don't I don't think it should have to do where you are at. I think it should, only, it should solely be based on record. Okay. Stevs? Um, I, I mean, I'm not... I'm not the biggest fan of a four-team playoffs because I like the opportunity for chaos, personally. So, I mean, yeah, the four-team playoffs is cool. It works better. It rewards winning teams. But it doesn't really reduce tanking is my issue, right? Like, Because if you know you're bad and you know there's no shot you're one of the top four teams in your league or your division or whatever – then you're just going to bow out and trade your pieces and try and rebuild. Like that, that's my issue with it. Yeah. That's not a bad point. It's, it's mm-hmm. tough because you don't, you don't can expect them to do certain things and you can expect teams to be around 500, but why would they, why would they stay at 500 if they know that they, they're not good enough to make the postseason, but not bad enough to get a good pick and not, not, you know, yep. having, having to know the team's, reaction to the new playoff format is probably something you have to take into consideration too. So I think there's two perspectives we could go with. It's if we keep it at 162, I think we have to drop the number of teams that are in it because there needs to be some level of importance for 162 games. I I agree with that. But if we drop the amount of games, you increase the amount of teams. See, but the issue with that is like, what difference does 20 games really make to your – I mean, yes, it's going to make a lot of difference to your physical ability and how exactly what how well-rested you are. But it's just like overall, you it, 140 games to – or 142 games to 162 games, it's, it's not that big of a difference. Like 20 it's games – a month of medal, games. It is a month of games. But again, it's just like to these players, they've – they're so used to playing day in and day out. And it's, I, do, I just don't see, like, I don't see that being that big of a difference, but that might just be me. I think there is a difference, though. I mean, there is a difference. There is a slight difference, but it's not that major. I mean, because a hundred, okay. So 140 games, 140, let's say 140, 140 game season, right? So at that point, so say 140, right? You have six teams in each division, right? At or at in each league. Well, then what's the point of the 140 games? Like if you're if you want to get into that technicality, right? 162 games. What's the point of playing 162 games if the one seed gets knocked out by the six seed? What's the game? What's the point of playing 140 games if the one seed gets knocked out by the six seed? It's the same. It's the same debate you're having, just with 20 games less. Yes, but the argument of having 20 games less is that the one seed is going to be more healthy and more fit, where it's not just who's hot. But what if and, that doesn't um, but it will it will still be who's hot. Just because they're not healthy, not or that's because they're more healthy doesn't mean that they're still going to be hotter than the other teams. It's the it, but that that's the same argument. It, it's just because so if the Nationals, right? The Nationals say they got hot 20 games earlier mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And still beat the Dodgers. Like it, it's the same thing. It's a matter of when you're hot and when you're not. I think what you'd have to do to figure that out, right, is you have to run the 2020 season, run that playoff format over and over and over again to see what the outcome is. Because if that happens yeah. over and over and over again, and the Dodgers, Rays, Braves, Padres, Astros win 50% of the time, then you know that's the right format. But if they only win 10% of the time, then it's wrong. But you can't do that. That's the issue. But my point is the largest sample we have is 24. That's from 1969 to 1994. And that's too much of there not being opportunity for the lower teams in our definition, right? From 1995 to 2011, it's 35% of the time that happens. That's 17 examples of that happening is that enough where there's a lot of variety where the wildcard team won a lot and the third division team which is normally probably the worst team the what what we would consider the four seed 
they won the least amount of time when compared to the other three. Is that right? I yeah, I think I think just continuing to experiment with it might might be the best thing for baseball. I don't know. We only have one example of this new this new format being this season. And we will we we look at it statistically like it Brad, if we look at it completely analytically and you only base it on the winner, you'll see that the best team in the AL won the World Series. And you'll you'll be like, oh this is this is good. But what what you don't see on the surface is that the entire NL was jacked up because of upsets. So there there might have been just based on your statistics that you're looking at been underlying things that that you can't really see on the surface you know where there are upsets in other leagues or not in the world series that that aren't highlighted you know yeah there there will never be a perfect format where both we we're getting rid of tanking we're getting rid we're increasing the incentive of winning 100 games out of 162 there's never in in no league is there gonna be a perfect format and i think that's that's the issue that we're having yeah so did you guys have any lasting thoughts regarding that? Nope. Uh, that's all I got. All right. So you've heard from us today. You've heard the, how convoluted and crazy discussing a postseason format could be. There's so many ways you can approach something like this, right? You can go from the angle of, you know, how many how many wins does a team have? Does they ha- does it have to be rewarded over a longer season or over a shorter season? Is it trying to get that Cinderella story going on? Are we trying to make as much money as possible? Or are we trying to tell the best baseball story? It really depends on what you want. And as Stev said, you can't have everything you want. I think that sums it up pretty correct. Do you guys have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think just before we go, I want to go over like our our perfect um, format for ourselves. Because at this point, I don't think we have the same format for all of us. I think Brad's going to be different than mine. I think Steph's going to be different than mine. I think Brad's going to be closer to mine. But I think the best way you can do this, and this is completely ignoring the tanking problem, um, is the 162-game regular season with the four best teams getting in with the division winners and the wild card and then reordering, re- reordering them in the fashion of records and then organizing a eight-team playoff and then having that those teams play off because that will statistically give the best team in baseball the chance to win. The only problems come with tanking teams. That will be the only that will be the only highlighted problem of this format. Stevs, you um, got next. I got to think this through. Well, I think I made my opinion pretty clear. I want a shorter regular season. I think it's better for the players. I think it's better. It's maybe not better monetary wise, but I think it's better for the players. And at the end of the day, your players are what makes you money. And that's the most important thing. So I would shorten the regular season and I would not only keep it at six teams, but kind of spread it out a little longer. So those team, those players do have a couple extra days to rest. So make it like, if it's 140, you lose a month, give them, give everyone like a week off, let them regroup and then start the postseason and kind of have it go over a longer period of time. Okay. So the way I'm trying to base it off of the shorter seasons versus the longer seasons, right? The issue is we have such a small sample size of the shorter seasons. 1981, the season was literally split into two. There was the beginning of the season, a strike, the end of the season. 1995, there wasn't a beginning of the season and it ended with the best team winning. 2020, it was shortened to 60 games because of the pandemic the best team won. In those situations, there is room for a Cinderella story, for a team to emerge out of the blue, get red hot, to be hot, even though they're not necessarily the best team. But the best team won in those situations. I think I'm on the side of 140 games. I think keeping the players healthy and less fatigued is better for the game of baseball. I don't think that if you decrease the amount of games, you can decrease the amount of teams that make the postseason, which is why I still leave that number at six per league. 
I would say that after each round, there is reseeding. So after the first wild card series, let's say the four seed and the six seed win, correct? So the one seed plays the six seed and the two seed plays the four seed. This way, it ensures that A, if the four seed wins, they're not, you're not probably pitting against the first and second best team in the league. But it also ensures that the six seed team doesn't have the easiest route to the World Series. You know what? I actually like that better than mine, except for the fact that I want to see more baseball. So Brad's format plus 22 games. That's mine. Okay. That's all I got to say. All right. Thank you all for listening to the 4A podcast. That'll do it for this week. We'll be back with you next Tuesday and next Friday, dropping into your feed with two episodes that we're excited for. If you've enjoyed, please leave a rating and a review, or if you have any suggestions, let them go below. We got a Reddit now at AA podcast. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at the 4A podcast spelled AAAA podcast. See you all next week. Peace.